you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rad Broadcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and thank you for tuning in. Um, I had to take an extra day to record this episode because, you know what, it's just been tough lately. I, I don't know exactly what's going on in the air. I know there was a uh, big full moon uh, yesterday, and things have just been really tense. I can't I can't really put my finger on it. Um, so I just needed an extra day. Um, normally, I post these episodes on Tuesdays, but um, it's on a Wednesday. Hump day! And I apologize for my voice. I, don't, I do not know what's going on with my voice either. It's just like... It kind of ebbs and flows over the last couple of weeks that's like, I'll just get this dryness in my throat. I don't have COVID. I don't, I'm fine. There's no, there's no uh, infections or viruses going on. Um, I just think that, I don't know, maybe it's just stress. Maybe it's dehydration. Maybe I should just drink some more water. Mm, I don't know. Ah, yeah, that seems to help a little bit. Um, so I'm actually not going to be too, doing too much talking today. Uh, in fact, I'm actually going to turn the broadcast over to some of my favorite comedians and I actually enlisted the help of Mrs. Brandon as well uh, to pick out some of our favorite comedians and segments because, like I said, it's just been a really weird time. I've been really down and I, I don't know exactly what I what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but it just seems like there's been a lot of stress in the air. And in, in fact, every morning, it just seems like there's always something crazy going on that, that needs direct attention. And uh, it's just been weird. I don't, I don't know. I mean, COVID times, maybe that's all it is. Uh, but I also think it's also the, the pending uh, need for me to go back out to Wyoming to pick up my vehicle that's been broke down out there. Uh, quick backstory, if you haven't heard it yet. Um, we've been talking about it on the show and I've, I've mentioned it on previous episodes, but, uh, over our summer break a couple weeks ago, went to, uh, Yellowstone and, uh, we went to, uh, was it Yellowstone? I went out to Yellowstone. That is what it is. Um, <clears throat> and it's a good, uh, it's a good 12 hour drive out there. Um, and, and we took this vehicle that I've, that we purchased, uh, the lease out of, we've had it since 2018. And uh, we purchased the lease a couple of weeks before we actually went on this trip. So went and got the oil changed and everything and thought the, the car would be in tip-top shape. You know, it's brand new. There's nothing wrong with it. And uh, it turns out after our, our stint through Yellowstone, after about five days on the road, the turbo went out. And uh, we had to drop it off at a certified service center because it's all under warranty and everything. And, of course, they're going to take care of it. I got lucky that the certified center was only seven miles away from when we started searching for a place because the uh the engine was throttled i don't know if you're you're big into cars but if you are you know that uh if something goes down like a turbo and in the newer vehicles with computers and everything it it uh decreases the engine power and you can't drive long distances on that because it'll just damage your vehicle so we had to leave it there uh, because COVID times, it was uh, going to take a couple of days in order for it the part to arrive uh, to be replaced. And ultimately, uh, it's been there for three weeks, almost a month now. Uh, because when we went to go pick it up uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> we, we, we started driving off the lot and it just combusted in smoke. And turned out that the turbo, the lines to the turbo, I guess it's fueled by oil and water. I'm not quite sure. I'm not a big, big into cars, but uh, one of the oil lines came unhooked, sprayed everywhere, and we were lucky that the car didn't combust into flames. So, had to keep it there. Had to drive back home, 
the 10 hour drive from Wyoming uh, without our car. And long story short, it's been repaired. It's ready to go. And uh, good news is we're going to be reimbursed for basically everything. Uh, the, the repairs are free because it's all under warranty. We're going to be uh, reimbursed for the rental car that we've had w- for weeks now. And if you are familiar with renting cars, you know that it takes, uh, it's a lot of money. It's not cheap. And, I, and I'm, I'm fortunate that, uh, you know, credit cards and money that's saved up, I'm able to uh, cover it. But uh, fortunately, the manufacturer is going to be reimbursing us on all this. And I, I was I was smart enough to buy out a, a, a bigger warranty so that it covers stuff like this. And they're even going to throw in uh, money for the lodging, some of the expenses. So we're going to walk away uh, getting uh, reimbursed, but we can't be reimbursed for the time. So this next weekend, I'll be driving back out to Wyoming with my wife and taking this rental car back because it it, it, it has to be taken to Salt Lake City. It was cheaper to do a round trip rental, which to me is really weird. Like, why would it be cheaper to take the car back across the country when you could just do like a one-way trip? Some people were like, oh, why don't you just fly out there? Just just drop the car off and fly out to, to Salt Lake City because it's like an hour and 20-minute drive to Evanston, Wyoming, where my car is. And uh, the Salt Lake City is the closest town where we were able to rent a car because Evanston, Wyoming doesn't have any car rental places. They do. They have one rental car, but only one rental car for the entire town. Of course, that thing was rented out right before we uh, needed to rent a car originally. So long ass fucking story short, we're going out to Wyoming this weekend. And, uh, you know, I think that the pending stress from the road trip is 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 kind of wearing on me and it's almost like 2020 is is giving me a pretty good beating this year for a lot of us um but there's a lot of things to be grateful for as well uh so at least i have my health i'm gonna be able to get my car back out here and hopefully we'll be rid uh rid ourselves of our experiences in wyoming uh, at least until next time, we can actually go visit Yellowstone again because it's actually a beautiful place, and I, and I really can't wait to go back. Um, but with all that said, I figured I would dedicate this episode to my favorite comedians, some of my favorite uh, comedian segments. Uh, and like I said, I had uh, Mrs. Brandon help me out. So there's a big mishmash of of comedians here. So I'm gonna really just let the comedian speak and I'll, I'll get, I'll jump in in between and maybe give my thoughts, but it's really going to be a, a playlist, a rundown of all of my favorite comedians. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be missing some. So if you have any suggestions that you might want to add, I, I could do this again. I could also create another Spotify playlist or a YouTube playlist of all of these comedy segments so that if you ever want to go revisit it and you don't want to hear me blabbing on about the car or or being weird because of the full moon. Uh, so you, you, you can just enjoy the, the comedians for yourself. So I'm going to actually start out with one of my absolute favorites. Uh, he is no longer with us, but his name is Bill Hicks. Uh, he was pretty popular in the late 80s, early 90s, and he ultimately uh, died from cancer uh, in the mid-90s. And he's just one of those really observant comedians. And if you know who he is, you know what I'm talking about. He he is very, um, like most comedians, observant of, of culture, but he was also very pro-freedom and pro-choice and pro-liberty and, you know, very American um, in that regard. But he also did a good job at pointing out the things that could have been improved about America or around the world. In fact, he actually became the most popular in London. He was huge in London. 
and Europe. He just he, he killed it over there. He did do well in America, but towards the end of his career, it almost seemed like people weren't really interested in what he had to say rather than, you know, those that, that were in Europe. It's a very weird dynamic, but I'm going to play uh, one of my favorite clips. And it, this this perfectly is a perfect example of, of kind of how I feel about life in general, that it's all just a ride. And you, you just have to sit back and enjoy it. There is a point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is there a point to my act? I would say there is. I have to. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us, and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. And we kill those people. <laughs> Shut him up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This is, has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. And we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. A choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks on your door, buy guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one. Here's what we can do to change the world right now to a better ride. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defense each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing, and educating the poor of the world, which it would many times over, not one human being excluded, and we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. Uh, he's a hippy dippy like that sometimes, but I I could find I could I could see the sentiment in that, and I I think that he just wanted a happier, more peaceful world, and I, I don't know I really appreciate Bill Hicks and what he has to say. Um, so I have another clip from him uh, right here, and you might find this one familiar because uh, Bill Hicks actually toured with uh, Tool back in their early days. Comedians opening up for rock acts was was something kind of unheard of and very rare. Um, and I kind of like, I like that idea. I like having a, a mishmash of media, uh, you know, from comedy to rock shows, comedy at rock shows, because it's a good mix. I think it, it's a good dynamic. And when you're opening up for a, a group like Tool, you got to have some pretty open-minded ideas. Um, so this is actually a, a, a bit that he did on a positive drug story. You never see positive drug stories on the news, do you? Isn't that weird? Since most of the experiences I've had on drugs... We're real fucking positive. Uh, who are these morons they're finding? That's what I want to know. I used to want to call the news. Come over to our house. Watch Tommy. He's a pig. Film him. <laughs> He's been doing that for hours. He's killing us. You getting all that? You know what I mean? 
Always that same LSD story, you've all seen it. Young man on acid, thought he could fly, jumped out of a building. What a tragedy. What a dick. Fuck him. He's an idiot. If he thought he could fly, why didn't he take off in the ground first? Check it out. You don't see ducks lined up to catch elevators to fly south. They fly from the ground, you moron. Quit ruining for everybody. He's a moron. He's dead. Good. We lost a moron. Fucking celebrate. Wow, I just felt the world get lighter. We lost a moron. Put on the hammer album. I'm ready to dance. We lost a moron. I don't mean to sound cold or cruel or vicious, but I am, so that's the way it comes out. Professional help is being sought. How about a positive LSD story? Wouldn't that be newsworthy just once to base your decision on information rather than scare tactics and superstitions and lies? Just once. I think it would be newsworthy. Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. That's like a video clip transition. There is a point. Is there? A point? And he's going to go back into the uh, the ride segment. Uh, isn't he great? I love Bill Hicks. And, uh, of course, you know, when, when you're talking about comedy, you always got to get some, some sexual, sexual conversations in there. So here is uh, Bill Hicks talking about blowjobs. Okay, it's time for, some, uh, a time for a question. This question I'm going to ask you is very crude. Are there actually women in the world who do not like to give blowjobs? <laughs> See a lot of guys on dates got their fingers crossed here tonight. Answer <laughs> him, honey. Go ahead. Let's hear how you feel about this right now. Go ahead, speak up. Let's hear. The reason I ask, all right, I was with this woman one time, and she goes down here for like three seconds and starts coming back up. And I'm going, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Unless you're getting up to put ice in your mouth. Anyway, without getting graphic, <laughs> she actually said to me, I think you've had enough. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I think you've had enough. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think you're going to know when I've had enough. It blew my mind that it's all it blew. So I've been inquiring from audiences. 
Why people, and I'm not asking women, why people in general don't do everything with their lover? I can't, I can't conceive of that. I don't understand it. I hear complaints on both sides. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. <laughs> but why, let's just get more specific, you ladies, don't do, won't, I mean, don't, I mean, not all of you, but why won't you do that to your guy? I mean, and make that, I don't know, the focal point of your existence while on this planet. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Every second you're away. I mean, I, you know, why don't you? You know. I don't understand why you, that's... Uh, you know. I actually, uh, a woman one night yelled out, Yeah, you ever try it? <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> Almost broke my back. That one vertebrae, I swear to God, it's that close. I think that vertebrae is going to be the thing to go in our next evolutionary step. Just a theory and a fervent prayer. Yeah, now all the guys are going, honey, I have no idea what he's talking about. I think he's a devil child. That may be true, but guys, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I can speak for every guy here in this room tonight. Guys, if you could blow yourselves, ladies, you'd be in this room alone right now, <laughs> watching an empty stage. <laughs> Boy, my folks are proud of me. <laughs> Bill, honey, you still doing that suck your own cock, Bill? <laughs> yeah, Mom. Good, baby. That's such a crowd pleaser. <laughs> How clever are you to come up with the suck your own cock bit, honey? <laughs> You're so clever, it makes your mama's bosom swell with pride. <laughs> knowing her son is traveling the world using his given surname, going up in front of rooms of total strangers, and doing the suck your own cock piece. Thanks, Mom. No biggie. <laughs> I love Bill Hicks. All right, I'm going to keep it going with, uh, with Mr. Hicks, and he's going to talk about the, uh, the truth about marijuana. So I don't drink. I don't do drugs anymore. <laughs> I used to take drugs, and I quit. But I'll tell you something. I have nothing against drugs whatsoever. That's kind of weird, huh? You never heard that one. Used to take drugs, quit, and have nothing against them. Wow, never heard that. Let's hear more. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. I know this is not a very popular idea. You don't hear it very often anymore, but it's the truth. <laughs> I have taken drugs before, and uh, I had a real good time. <laughs> Didn't murder anybody, didn't rob anybody, didn't rape anybody, didn't beat anybody, didn't lose mm, one fucking job, <laughs> laughed my ass off, and went about my day. Sorry. Now, where's my commercial? <laughs> Shit, I'll be the guy holding that skillet in that commercial, man. 
That ain't a brain, that's breakfast. Let's eat. What have we been up, five days now? I'm fucking starving. I find that commercial a tad insulting to my intelligence. You know the one, here's your brain. I've seen a lot of things on drugs, but I have never, ever, ever looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain, not once. I have seen UFOs split the sky like a sheet, but I have never looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain, not once. I have had seven balls of light come off of a UFO, lead me onto their ship, explain to me telepathically that we are all one and there's no such thing as death. But I've never looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain. Now, maybe I wasn't getting good shit, but uh... That's what I hate about the war on drugs, I'll be honest with you. It's what I can't stand, is all day long we see those commercials, here's your brain, here's your brain on drugs, just say no. Why do you think they call it dope? And then the next commercial is, this buzz for you. Come on, everybody, let's be hypocritical bastards. It's okay to drink your drug. <laughs> we meant those other drugs, those untaxed drugs. Those are the ones that are bad for you. Nicotine, alcohol, good drugs. Coincidentally, tax drugs. Ooh, how does this fucking work? Thank God they're taxing alcohol, man. It means we got those good roads we can get fucked up and drive on. Thank God they're taxing this shit, man. We'd be doing donuts in a wheat field right now. Thank God we're on a highway. Woo! This is a good drug. Because I'll tell you something, I'll be honest, man. If, if I were going to legalize a drug, it sure wouldn't have been alcohol. Sorry, there's better drugs and better drugs for you. That's a fact. You may stop your internal dialogue. Uh, but Bill, uh, alcohol's an acceptable for... Shut the fuck up. You're wrong. Okay? Okay. Shit, man. Not only do I think marijuana should be legalized... I think it should be mandatory. I'm a hardliner. Think about it, man. You get in traffic behind somebody. Shut up and smoke that. It's the law. Oh, sorry. I was taking life seriously. Man, who's hungry? That'd be a nice world, wouldn't it? Quiet, mellow, hungry, high people everywhere. Just Domino's pizza trucks passing each other. Every single highway, parades of Domino's. Let them get stuck in traffic, all our pizzas will be free. I'm a fucking dreamer, man. But I'm not the only one. Dreamers, man. Pot is a better drug than alcohol. Fact.
fact, stop your internal dialogue. But Bill, alcohol's on. Shut up! You're wrong. Get over it. Okay? Okay. I'll prove it to you, man. You're at a ball game or a concert and someone's really violent and aggressive and obnoxious. Are they drunk or are they smoking pot? Which is it? They're drunk. I have never seen people on pot get in a fight because it is fucking impossible. Hey, buddy. Hey, what? Hey, hey. End of argument. It'd be really interesting to, to see or hear Bill Hicks is his observations during these modern times. He was pretty political as well um, and more on the liberal side, as you might tell. Um, But I'm going to spare all the politics that he he was into because, first of all, it's it's uh, it's dated. Um, But at the same time, I figured this could be kind of a uh, politic free zone just for for once because we're dealing with all that right now uh, during these COVID times. But it would just be really interesting to hear his observations about uh, today's world, like him and George Carlin, uh, the, the very observant comedians of our times, uh, would be very interesting to hear their take on on what's going on. Um, on another side of the spectrum, I love jokes that are like one-liners. I'm, I'm like a dad joke fiend. I, I'd like to hear uh, comedians who can master that art of the one-line joke. So uh, the next comedian is uh, Stephen Wright and... Most people of my generation would probably remember him from uh, his role as the guy on the couch in the uh, movie Half Baked with uh, Dave Chappelle and uh, and the, you know the the pot smoking movie. Um, so he uh, he is uh, just one of those really dry drab type of characters, and I, I've always really liked his his type of humor. Uh, this is a, a bit that he did on when he uh, met a nymphomaniac. <laughs> Friday, I was in a bookstore. I started talking to this very French-looking girl. She was a bilingual illiterate. She couldn't read in two different languages. <laughs> I left the store and I went down the street to my bus. My bus came and I got on. I started walking toward the back. I sat down beside this beautiful, blonde Chinese girl. <laughs> I said hello and she said hello. I said, isn't it an amazing day? She said, yes, it is, I guess. I said, what do you mean you guess? She said, well, things haven't been going too well for me lately. I said, like what? She said, I can't tell you. I don't even know you. And I said, yeah, but sometimes it's good to tell your problems to an absolute total stranger on a bus. (laughs) She said, well, I've just come back from my analyst and he's still unable to help me. And I said, what's the problem? And she paused and said, I'm a nymphomaniac and I only get turned on by Jewish cowboys. <laughs> then she said, by the way, my name's Diane. And I said, hello, Diane, I'm Bucky Goldstein. <laughs> uh, all right, so in the same vein as, uh, as the one-liners, I think my all-time favorite one-liner comedian would have to be Mitch Hedberg. Another one that is no longer with us, but he is just a classic comedian that I don't know where he comes up with this stuff, but he has to be one of my all-time favorites. I like rice. Rice is great when you're hungry and you want 2,000 of something. (laughs) All right. All right. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom loves those applause breaks. <laughs> refried beans. I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans, because maybe they're just as good and we're, we're wasting time. <laughs> I, went to a, I went to a pizzeria. I ordered a slice of pizza. The dude gave me the smallest slice possible. If the pizza was a pie chart for what people would do if they found a million dollars, this dude gave me the donate to charity slice. <laughs> I would like to exchange this for the keep it. <laughs> I tried to walk into Target, but I missed. <laughs> I think the entrance to Target should have people splattered all around. I was walking by a dry cleaner at 3 a.m. and the sign said, sorry, we're closed. You don't have to be sorry. It's 3 a.m. and you're a dry cleaner. <laughs> it would be ridiculous for me to expect you to be open. <laughs> I'm not gonna walk in at 10 and say, hey man, I walked by at 3, you guys were closed. Somebody owes me an apology. I've been working. Hey, that's right. You guys did that for my mom. I find that Duck's opinion of me is very much influenced over whether or not I have bread. A duck, a duck loves bread, but he does not have the capability to buy a loaf. That's the biggest joke on the duck ever. <laughs> like if I worked at a convenience store and a duck came in and grabbed a loaf of bread with his beak and walked out, I let him go. <laughs> I say, come back tomorrow, bring your friends. I bought a house, I bought a two bedroom house, but it's up to me how many bedrooms there are though, isn't it? <laughs> this bedroom has an oven in it. <laughs> this bedroom has a lot of people sitting around watching TV. This bedroom is AKA a hallway. <laughs> this bedroom's over in that guy's house. <laughs> Sir, you have one of my bedrooms. <laughs> Stay out. If you're, wa if you're watching the parade, make sure you stand in one spot. Don't follow it, it never changes. <laughs> and if you don't like the parade, run in the opposite direction. You will fast forward the parade. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, you know what, man? I got a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry, so it died. <laughs> I like sandwiches, but I, you know, I hate sandwiches at New York delis. There's too much meat on the sandwich. It's like a cow with a cracker on either side. <laughs> what would you like? A pastrami sandwich? Anything else? Yeah, a loaf of bread and some other people? You know, I order the club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club. I like to wear this pass, because it helps me know when I'm upside down. This shirt is dry clean only which means it's dirty. <laughs> All right. 
Dry clean only, all right? All right, I'm ready to go. I had a property in Los Angeles, and I had a neighbor, and whenever he would knock on my wall, I knew he wanted me to turn my music down, and that made me angry, because I like loud music. So when he knocked on the wall, I'd mess with his head. I'd say, go around. <laughs> I cannot open the wall. I don't know if you have a doorknob on the other side, but over here, there's nothing. <laughs> I like Kit Kats unless I'm with four or more people. When I wear t-shirts, I can only wear v-necks because my neck is very fragile. I cannot wear a regular neck shirt. It hurts. <laughs> and I especially hate turtlenecks. Like wearing a turtleneck is like being strangled by a really weak guy. <laughs> All damn day. Like if you wear a turtleneck and a backpack, it's like a weak midget trying to bring you down. I thought my teeth were white until I washed my face with Noxzema. They are off-white. I'm not even white, I'm off-white. It's a new race, we will prevail. I saw a commercial on late night TV, it said, forget everything you know about slipcovers. So I did. And it was a load off my mind. Then the commercial tried to sell slipcovers, but I didn't know what the hell they were. You guys are cool, man. I wrote a script and I gave it to a guy who reads scripts and he read it and he said he really likes it, but he thinks I need to rewrite it. I said, fuck that, I'll just make a copy. I went to the doctor, all he did was suck blood from my neck. Do not go see Dr. Acula. I like to take a toothpick and throw it in the forest and say, you're home. I get up in the morning, I make myself a bowl of instant oatmeal, and then I don't do anything for an hour. Which makes me wonder why I need the instant oatmeal. I could get the regular oatmeal and feel productive. If you ever are interested in, in looking up Mitch Hedberg, do Some so. People don't know whoa, whoa, who I am, so at my... Sorry about that. Uh, you should really look up Mitch Hedberg. There's such a huge catalog of his that are that's so good. Um, and it, I just I just absolutely love him as a, as a comedian. Always good stuff. And, of course, I, I, I couldn't do this without uh, highlighting, of course, Eddie Murphy. When I was a kid, yes, when I was a child, my mom let me watch... Eddie Murphy's Delirious and Raw. So I've got clips from both of those specials uh, from way back in the 80s. Uh, this clip is about uh, the, the, the burgers from home versus the burgers from McDonald's. Gotta be a good cook. I didn't realize my mother was a good cook to after I moved out of the house. When you're a child, if your mother doesn't take you to McDonald's, you don't think she can cook. And I have one of those mothers, you know, no matter what you want, she has the ingredients at home. You say, Mom, I want to stop and get some McDonald's. She go, I got hamburger meat at home. <laughs> I want McDonald's hamburgers. 
I make your hamburger better than McDonald's. Better than McDonald's? That's right. When you get home, you can help Mama make it. You say, shit, that's great. Better than McDonald's? You must say, okay, go get me that big black frying pan from under the stove. So you hand the big black frying pan, and she said, now, while you're in there, I want you to go get in the refrigerator, get me the chopped meat, and while you're in there, get me a green pepper and an onion. And you said, ain't no green peppers in McDonald's. I'm not making McDonald's, I'm making your mama's burger. I need a green pepper and an onion while you're in there. Give me an egg out, too. What you need eggs for? I want hamburgers. You make an egg me muffins. I'm not making an egg McMuffin. I don't even know what no damn egg McMuffin is. Just give me the egg out and just shut your mouth. And she take the egg and the green peppers and chop the green pepper up in big chunks. Don't even dice it. Big chunks of green peppers and onion and mix the egg in and put paprika and all this shit in it and make a big meatball and put it in the middle of this frying pan. And McDonald's, the meat is this thin. Your mother's shit is like, this is fatter. Green peppers hanging out of it and shit, and there's a big split in the middle, and grease is popping out, and you're looking at it while it's popping, you're looking at the grease in the pan, you think to yourself, that don't look like no McDonald's. <laughs> he must say, go inside the refrigerator and get me, get, go inside and get me the bread out the bread box. And you go look in the bread box, and you say, Ma, I don't, we don't have no hamburger buns. All we have is Wonder Bread. <laughs> That's what I said. Get the bread out the bread box. You gonna put it on square Wonder Bread? God damn it, bread is bread. You better bring me that bread before I slap you in your mouth. Don't be telling me some, some Wonder Bread. What's that bread called? So tell me some shit about Wonder Bread. This is Wonder Bread. A hamburger is a hamburger. As you make it and put it in the middle of square Wonder Bread. At McDonald's, they use buns. The meat covers the whole bread. And your mother's, the meat's right in the middle of the bread. With grease running through the middle, making the bread stick to the plate. Now, big green peppers hanging out the top of this big meatball on the bread. And you try to put some ketchup on it, and the mix with the grease turn the bread into pink dough. You grab it and get fingerprinted, and you got big pink fingerprints in the dough, and you stand there looking at it, and you try to make it look like McDonald's, so you rip the edges off around and make it round, and you got green peppers and grease running down your hand, and your mother say, now go on outside and play. <laughs> and the other kids got McDonald's. They outside going, we got McDonald's. McDonald's. Are you standing there with this big house burger? <laughs> and kids are honest and say, yeah, where you get that big welfare green pepper burger? <laughs> and you cry. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
never made it. And long slob with little kids cry. Some long slob come out their mouth and it hangs this far to the ground. And it won't break. And adults stand around going, that slob gonna break. And it won't. The wind can blow. That slob is you know where you can see kids crying? I do it all the time. I'm sadistic. I like to go to the supermarket and watch mothers lose it and beat the shit out of their kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't tell that joke anymore about beating kids, but, you know, the rest of it was pretty good. Um, I, I should have done this in reverse order because I'm about to play a clip from Delirious, which was the special that came before... Eddie Murphy's Raw, but this is the classic bit about ice cream. They have Mr. Softy ice cream. Remember when the ice cream man used to come to town when you was little, and no matter what you was doing, you would stop and lose your fucking mind? There's something about the ice cream truck that made kids lose it. And they can hear that shit from 10 blocks away. They don't hear their mother calling them, but they hear that motherfucking ice cream truck. And no matter what was going on, the ice cream man came to stop. You'd be getting some marbles and shit, and you hear... Ice cream! Ice cream! The ice cream man is coming! The ice cream man is coming! Ma! Ma! Don't doubt some money! The ice cream man is coming! Come to the window and be throwing change. You're saying, Get your father toasted almond bar and get your brother icy and get yourself vanilla cone and bring back my chain. And you catch all that shit and run down the street, top speed, chasing the ice cream truck. Ice cream! Ice cream man always drove extra block though. And I know he's seen us and shit, but I think he just be in the car with his friends saying, Watch me make how fast I make these motherfuckers run. <laughs> you be behind him doing 50 run. Ice cream! You stopped, you be all went out of Winston. Uh, uh, ice cream man, ice cream man, uh, can I have this? I want this over here and a, a toast on by my father and give me this ice cream over here and vanilla cone. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. And you get your ice cream. I get my ice cream. I remember I get my ice cream and I didn't eat it. I sang for a little while, you know. You know how kids are, having on. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. And I'm gonna eat it all. I'm gonna eat it all. The ice cream be running all down your arm and shit. Ice cream. I'm gonna eat all of my ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. No, be one kid on the side, they get no ice cream, and kids don't care. They go, you don't have no ice Oh, man, that video cut it off. Well, you know what? If you wanted to hear the whole bit, go up to uh, YouTube or Netflix. They have uh, Eddie Murphy's full stand-up special, but you got the you got the idea. I should have really looked through these videos before I used them on the podcast. Way to go, being professional. All right, I'm going to switch it up now and, and go with uh, one of the more modern comedians. Uh, one of our favorites here around Rad Radio. Uh, have had the pleasure of seeing him live quite a few times. Uh, but this is Bill Burr talking about plastic surgery. I got to admit, the only thing that freaks me out about Los Angeles is, uh, is all the plastic surgery. I don't get it. 
Why do people get plastic surgery? You know? Why can't you just admit it's over? <laughs> you know? You had your time. Stop trying to look fuckable in your 50s. It's weird. With their faces yanked back, looking all shiny, right? Not to mention, they haven't even figured it out. You know? Why would you get a facelift? Can't you look at other facelifts and realize they haven't worked all the bugs out yet? Right? That's what you want to look like? Like you just lost a fight three days ago? Don't be a hero. Let somebody else go in there, take the fucking beach. You, you lay back, wait it out. They're just lying to people. Oh no, it looks great, it looks great. Put a little ice on it, we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, take it easy. Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened? We followed every step, did we miss something? Oh, hey, 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 oh, here's your keys, here's your keys. There you go, there you go. Almost didn't recognize you, you look so young. All right, take it easy. She gone? All right, she's gone, all right, shred everything. Shred it. No, you're nuts. You wait it out, let them figure it out, then you fucking go in. Don't be a goddamn hero, you know? Look at hair plugs. Hair plugs don't look half bad now. Saw this guy the other night on TV, he's like, oh God, I wish I did this 10 years ago. It's like, no you don't. <laughs> 10 years ago, when they were stapling ant legs to the top of people's heads. Remember that, your eyes would water looking at their hairline, like, is that, is that sewn in? I see pine tar. They used to put you in like a headlock. Hold still. Use like a nail gun. Hold still. Guys would tap out after a row and a half. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. You wish you got hair plugs 10 years ago. Do you wish you got polio 60 years ago? What else is on your wish list, sir? No, you don't fuck with your face. Okay? I understand liposuction, they screw that up, you can put on a shirt, right? There's no shirt for your face. Who do they think they're fooling with their stupid, you know? And then you lie to yourself, I'm just gonna do it, I'm just gonna do this, just gonna, just gonna, just gonna have this done. No, you're not, you're not. What are you, you're just gonna wax the fender on your car, then that's it, and the rest of it looks all shitty? Well, maybe I'll just do the hood, and maybe I'll do the back. That's how it happens. Then you look like one of those real housewives, like, Face all twisted up. <laughs> fucking idiots. Do I look? They are they're idiots. Do I look like I'm in my 20s? No, you look weird. You look fucking weird. You still look like you're in your 50s. I just can't guess what year anymore because I've never seen that year. I've never seen that shiny fucking look. It's almost like you discovered a new age between 52 and 53. Yeah. People, there's nothing wrong with being 52 and looking 52, all right? You're 52, you didn't get fucked, yeah. What would you rather be, 52 and look 52 or be 52 and look like a 28-year-old lizard? All right, that's your options at this point. And up next, we got uh, Daniel Tosh talking about being people pleasers and uh, the fact that uh, America not, might not be the best at everything, which I think is kind of topical based on uh, what we've been talking about on the Rad Show recently. Um, I, you know, I love America and I love what it stands for, but I do think there's some things that we can improve upon. Uh, but let's see if we can uh, have some laughs at at uh, the expense of uh, by by Daniel Tosh. It is great to be here in America. <laughs> 
the greatest country in the world if you haven't traveled a lot. <laughs> Do we have to constantly scream we're number one? It's always the people that live in the most boring parts of this country that scream the loudest. People in Kansas, we're the greatest country in the world. It's like, do you guys have internet there? <laughs> you ever seen a photo of Fiji? <laughs> I've never been to Fiji, but I've seen photos. It looks pretty amazing. It's hard to think we're better than that. We're top 10. Maybe if we started screaming that every day, maybe terrorists would stop trying to saw our heads off. <laughs> we're top 10. And they'd be like, that's fair. It was that number one stuff that was getting old. <laughs> America's basically turned into one of these factories where we just have a sign up. Like, it's been 22 days since our last horrible thing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, rip it down. We're back at zero again. <laughs> these things just keep happening. You know, whether it's Ferguson or Baltimore. I can solve racist cops. That's an easy fix. But nobody comes to me for the answers. You want to get rid of that forever? How about this? Only black people should be allowed to be cops. <laughs> Boom, problem solved. <laughs> and if any of you have issue with this, it's because you're racist. <laughs> well, what about white people? White people can be firefighters. We're more outdoorsy, it makes sense. <laughs> White people, firefighters, black people, cops. Who wants tickets to the softball game now? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get pretty tense. Might want to put in a mercy rule. Definitely a little tone deaf for this time and age. I don't know if I should have used that clip, but you know, at the expense of, of a good laugh. I don't think there was anything harmful there as I uh, critique myself on the clips that I've chose uh, on the fly. I think we're all adult enough to realize that there wasn't anything too racist there, right? Right? All right, so the next comedian I have is, uh, her name is Ursula Carlson, and she uh, just rec recently released a special on Netflix that I watched over the weekend. And yeah, I actually found it to be really funny. I was surprised. Um, I normally, I have nothing against female comedians. It's just, I think that it takes... It takes a funny person to be a really good comedian. And I'm not saying that women can't be good comedians. In fact, I think there are a lot of really great women comedians. This just happens to be one of them. And uh, her name, again, is Ursula Carlson. And uh, this is from her special, oh, what's it called? Overqualified Loser. Available now on Netflix. Like, not this audience. <laughs> Honestly, such an audience bring me gifts and then they give it to the usher and the usher will bring it backstage and then I have to open it because I don't have a crew of people that travel with me because I'm not Adele. <laughs> you know, I don't know how people imagine, like, I walked here tonight, the five blocks. <laughs> you know, when you make that decision, you go, it's only five blocks, I'm going to walk it. And then after the third block, you go, fuck, I should have taken an Uber. <laughs> There you go, it's too late now. I can't get an Uber now for two blocks because I'll think I'm lazy. <laughs> you don't want them to give you a two-star because you're lazy because then you have to fake a limp and stuff. <laughs> you go, I just sprained my ankle. <laughs> so 
I get this gift, right? I do a show in Auckland and a woman sends a gift with an usher and the usher brings it to the room. And now I'm going to open it, but it looked dodgy as hell. It was just wrapped in brown paper <laughs> and, and it had a string around it. And not that fancy string that you get now over Christmas. You know, you always get your... Like your sister-in-law, she'll be doing all this fancy fucking wrapping and shit. <laughs> and you go, okay, calm down, Monia. We know it's bath salts. <laughs> Christ, you just spent $45 on the wrapping of a $2 fucking gift. <laughs> and we don't have a bath. <laughs> Not one of those strings. It was just an old shoelace. <laughs> so you know when it's dodgy, when the usher sort of kicks the door open, throws the gift, and it goes, that came for you, and runs away. <laughs> so I look at this gift, and I shook it, and no powder fell out of it, and it wasn't ticking. <laughs> I'm going to open it. So I opened the gift, and someone had sent me a moon cup. Like a new one, but a moon cup. Now, for those of you who don't know what a moon cup is, ladies, if I can ask you to just turn to the men in your area and just explain to them what a moon cup is so I don't have to. Talk amongst yourselves. If you don't know, ask the people behind you. They know. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going on there. There's a lady in the back doing that. <laughs> I don't know what you're explaining, but I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what a moon cup is, it's basically a Tupperware bowl for your kuchacha. <laughs> like you whip it out when Aunt Flo comes to visit. You feel? But I knew, as soon as I received this gift, I knew I was in deep trouble because I've got an inquiring mind. <laughs> and I knew I was going to try it. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go into detail, but let me just tell you, it's not for me. <laughs> Let's just say, OK, you know when you're unpacking the dishwasher, right? <laughs> Ladies, if you want to turn to the men in your area and just explain what I mean. <laughs> the dishwasher and you get to the kids' plastic bowls and cups and you don't take the time to individually dry each and every cup. You just kind of grab them, whack them and stack them away and then tomorrow morning you have to feed those same children out of those bowls and you take it out and you're like... <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> so no, it's not for me. She's pretty funny. I think she's a, a New Zealander, a Kiwi, as uh, as they're called. Uh, there's another clip here from from Ursula's special on Netflix that I wanted to share, and uh, it's it's another, of course, another homemade porn. So I know I have to lose some weight, but I want to be careful because I don't want to lose too much and end up in porn. Because <laughs> you know that is a very real possibility. If you're hot, if you're super attractive, like you are, you're proper hot, right? Like you're a beautiful couple. Do you work out together? Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> I'm not fit shaming you. But you're a hot couple, like aesthetically, you're quite pleasing to the eye. <laughs> like if you just came up to me in a bar and asked me for a threesome, I'd be in. Just in a hold the camera kind of way, I'll give it my all. 
you two would be super impressed. Like halfway through, over my naked butt, you'd just be high-fiving each other going, fucking score on this one, eh? But you have to be careful, because you're beautiful. You could end up in porn. The rest of you, you're fine. relationship and you've got a healthy sex life, at some point, one of you will turn to the other and go, we should record ourselves. <laughs> you know, while we're, you know. And you will. If you're going, we'll never do that. Your partner's probably already doing it. <laughs> you may as well get involved. There's a whole genre of porn of you not being in porn, so you may as well. And then you're gonna go, okay, fine. And you're gonna take your smartphone, you'll prop it up somewhere in the room. And then you go at it. You go at it hammer and tongs, right? Like, you give it your A game because you know you're recording yourself. <laughs> and then afterwards you go, okay, go get it. <laughs> he rolls off you, he goes and he gets it, comes back and you're excited. Right? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be great. You're like, I love you. And you hit play. <laughs> Why is my arsehole so dark? Why is it so hairy? It looks like a tarantula is crawling out of a cave. <laughs> your body at an angle you wouldn't normally see it. Performing an activity you wouldn't normally see reflect back in a shop front window. You see things on your body that you wouldn't normally see. You look at that and you go, is that a nipple on my back? And your partner's like super blasé, you go, yeah. I thought you knew. He's like, no, no, and when it's really hot, it does that weird Barbie mouse thing that... <laughs> you look at that footage, it's not natural, it's your fat, pasty-ass white body plowing at pace <laughs> into another fat, pasty-ass white body <laughs> meeting abruptly in the middle. It doesn't even sound good. Like in the heat of the moment, you don't hear anything. But when it's silent and you're just staring at your white body with an extra nipple on a little screen, all you can hear... <laughs> like, what is that noise? <laughs> oh, it's your balls on my tummy. <laughs> you look at that and you go, why am I fucking you? Never do this shit again. Yeah, I really like her. Ursula Carlson. She's on uh, Netflix uh, with their new special called Overqualified Loser. All right, the next uh, comedian is one of my wife's favorites. Uh, Mrs. Brandon uh, is, is got me turned on to this guy. Uh, he is a uh, Filipino, I think. I think his name. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Joe Coy is his name, and uh, he's just absolutely hilarious. I'm half white, half Filipino, and that's what I mean. 
which means my dad was in the military. <laughs> That's not even a joke. That's real shit. A lot of soldiers were fighting for this country. My dad was dating. I'm his purple heart. My dad would say borderline racist shit to me when I was a kid. Borderline racist shit, but I knew he was joking, it's my dad. Just sitting at the dinner table, like, you know why I married your mom, right? I'm like, why? Because I love Chinese food. She's Filipino, dad. Whatever. Rice is rice. <laughs> what the fuck? Rice is rice. That's so racist. I'm not knocking what my mom had to do to get to America. She, fuck it, that's her hustle. That was her hustle. God bless you, mom. You hooked up with a soldier and had a kid in America. God bless you, mom. She did what she had to do. She could have hooked up with a Filipino and had a kid in the Philippines. You know how much a, a comedian makes in the Philippines? <laughs> a chicken and flip-flops. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't even like flip-flops. <laughs> My mom was a shit. My mom and dad divorced when, we, when I was like 10, 11 years old. My mom had to raise us on her own. She did that shit on her own. Tough as shit. Like it was borderline illegal, but <laughs> it sucked. She never took us to the doctor. My mom never took us to the doctor. My mom raised us like we were still in the Philippines. <laughs> she tried to cure everything at home, like a real Filipino woman. You had to, you had to die to go to the hospital. <laughs> Shit. My mom cured everything with Vicks Vaporub. <laughs> I should have died nine times when I was a kid. That's abuse. There's one time I thought I had pneumonia. I go, Mom, I think I have pneumonia. She goes, I'll put extra bits on your body, Joseph. Just rub it everywhere, Joseph. Rub it on the bottom of the foot. And then put a sock on the foot. And then the pneumonia will come out of the foot, Joseph. just smothered in fucking Vicks. <laughs> I should have called the cops. <laughs> One time I was so sick, I swear to God, true story, I go, Mom, I don't feel good, I can't sleep. I can't sleep, Mom. My mom took a finger and stuck it in Vicks <laughs> and rubbed it on top of my eyelids. <laughs> on top of my eyelids! That shit burns so bad, I go, Mom, it burns! I can't open my eyes! My mom goes, well, then you can sleep. <laughs> Good night, Jose. <laughs> you give a shit. <laughs> Me. She never hit us. My mom never hit us. She just scared us a lot. She loved to curse. And she used to flex like that. She used to do that shit. She brought that to America. Anyone that does this 
this shit? Hey, my mom started that shit. She did it to all of us. You know how embarrassing that is? To get pumped by a four foot eight Asian woman at the fucking mall? Get out of the goddamn food locker. Get out of the food locker. I'm not even in the food locker. I used to cry. I used to cry and tell my mom, I go, Mom, when I have kids, I'm never going to do what you do to me to my kids. <laughs> and my mom looked at me. I said, she put her hand on my shoulder, and she goes, Joseph, promise me, OK? <laughs> never have kids. That was crazy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to keep it going with uh, Joe Coy here. Uh, on Hawaii, my favorite place in the world. People in Hawaii brag about shit that no one else brags about. <laughs> That's real, because you, cher you, you cherish the things that you have. It's yours, I love this, is mine, brother. I had a guy walk up to me, he's like, hey, brother, you see my, you see my brand new 2003 Toyota Tacoma? <laughs> Cherry, bro. Fucking cherry. Lifted, bruh. Lifted. Lifted. 2003. Brand new. 2003. Toyota Tacoma. You don't care. You're laid back. You live in paradise. You don't have time. You don't, you're not uptight. You go out. Good. We go out. Dress nice, okay, dress nice. <laughs> nice outfit, where's my slipper? Where's my slipper? You guys will wear a slipper. Slipper, always slipper. Slipper, fucking brand new outfit, slipper. No one outside of Hawaii knows what sleep. I'll tell you what sleep is. It's fucking look, look, sleep, 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 sleep. I don't even know why you wear it. They're barely on your fucking foot. That's how you guys walk. Slipper at the front of your foot. You're not even. It's not even on your foot. You just kick the slipper step. Kick step. Kick slipper step. Kick slipper step. Kick. Love the vowels. You guys love vowels. You don't care. A. The letter A. How many A's can you put in one street name? How many A's? That's too many A's. That's why if anyone comes to Hawaii, I'm talking to the world right now, if you come to Hawaii, don't ask for directions. All the streets sound the same. You'll ask for directions, and they'll be like, oh, that's easy, brother, this is how you get there. You just go down, make a right turn, left turn, and then a right turn on, Apostrophe, ah. 
I love everything about Hawaii. Can't get enough of it. I don't even listen to the music and I love it. I live, when I'm here, I can't stop listening to it. Don't know any of the words, I don't care. <laughs> I drive and I sing, Hanu. You're clapping. I just made that song up. You guys don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. All I did was the vowels. That is the sexiest dance ever. All that shit they're doing now, all the sexy dances they're doing, they stole that from the hula. Hula, that, that, that shit is sexy. She talks to the man through dance. That is sexy. She tells him what she wants through dance. You, come see me. When the sun go down, you take me to dinner. If I like you, I give you pussy. Yeah, love me some Joe Coy. All right, I'm going to keep it going with some more Joe Coy. He's on race now. And we look, I look out into the crowd. You can't tell us apart. You can. You know how many Mexicans my mom walks up to and goes, Filipino? <laughs> apart from other Asians. It's by their accent, and only if they have accents. Out of all the Asians, Koreans are the easiest, because when a Korean person talks, they sound like they've been smoking weed all day. Like right before they talk, just... <laughs> <laughs> Koreans sound like Asian ghosts. <laughs> My best friend growing up was Korean. I remember the first time I went to his house, his dad yelled from upstairs. I thought the fucking house was haunted. <laughs> Swear to God, right when I walked in. Bulgogi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? I was like, oh, that's my dad. Just wants to know if you're hungry. You can do that with any Asian. Vietnamese. What? I haven't even done anything yet. Vietnamese. I love Vietnamese people. You're my... I love you. You're the smallest of the Asians. You're smaller. But I will tell you this, don't fuck with Vietnamese people. They will fight anybody. Those little fuckers will fight any, they don't give a shit. I don't care how strong you are, they will fight you. They will run up to you and say shit. That's their little feet. I had one run up to me at the end of the show. 
Hey, dude, what you say? Tumay yung lagda, dude. They talk real fast. You know they talk that fast. They talk like that real fast, like dude. What you say? Tumay yung lagda, dude. They talk real fast, like that, dude. Koreans sound like they've been smoking weed all day. Vietnamese people sound like they've been doing cocaine their whole life. Hey, do what you say to me like that, do. Don't you talk to me like that, do. What you say to me like that. Vietnamese people put a period after every word that comes out. Hey, do what you say to me like that, do. Vietnamese people go real high. They go real high like that, do. They go they down low like that, do. They start low like that, do. Then they go real high like that, do. Vietnamese people sound like they're in a car far away and they drive by you real fast when they're talking to you. <laughs> like, hey, no, I don't say that, don't like that, don't say that. Man, say that shit again, man. Get out of the car and say that shit. <laughs> Japanese. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Japanese, only if they have accents you can tell us apart. Japanese, very distinct. Nothing so. When a Japanese man talks, it come from diaphragm. <laughs> this way, a Japanese man, puh. Ha! Hi! Japanese. <laughs> Japanese woman, doesn't matter if she's 12 years old or 75 years old. They always sound 12 years old. Inuma, uki, kamala, let's go, okay. That's why no one watches Japanese porn. No one watches Japanese porn. You know how annoying that shit is to watch? Hanu ha, hattu ha, hatte ha. All right, let's go, ba ba ba. Hatte ha, hattu ha. See, he can say those jokes because he's Filipino, right? It's not, it's not racist. Uh, speaking of uh, race and other things related to race, I've got uh, the next next comedian up is Russell Peters. He's a Canadian uh, comedian. Canadian comedian. Say that three times fast. And uh, he, he's hilarious. He got his chops. Uh, he got started actually. Uh, in the same circuit as Dave Chappelle. He's been around for that long. Uh, might not be as huge as Dave Chappelle, but he is certainly very funny. Nothing South Africa I heard real African names. My child's going to get an African name. I don't care. Real African names are wicked, man. I was at this casino in South Africa, right? I'm playing Blackjack. <laughs> or African-American Jack. All right, I was playing... Um... I'm playing 21, right? And I look, at, I look at the dealer, right? It was an African dude. I think they put this guy there just to confuse you when you're gambling. Because I looked at his name tag, I swear to God, the guy's name was spelt exclamation mark X-O-B-I-L-E. And I'm like, how the hell do you say that? So I'm not from there. I thought I'd take a shot, right? I'm like, yeah, could I get another card there? Somebody... Uh... I got another card there. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
See, because I thought you had to start big, you know? Because the exclamation was at the beginning of the name, right? Like, if it was a question mark, I'd be like, Dobile. But it was an exclamation, so I'm like, Dobile! And he looks at me and he goes, Please do not yell in the casino. I go, I'm not yelling, man. I'm just trying to say your name. He goes, that is not how you say my name. I go, well, how do you say your name? I swear to God, man. The guy goes, my name is pronounced Bile. <laughs> he had a click in his name. The guy's name was Bile. I don't care. My first child's getting a click in his name. I don't care. Man. This is my son, Hustle. The guy's name was Bile. It sounds cool when we're just saying it to each other, right? Bile. But think about how that must slow down his sex life, you know? Imagine he's in there with his woman, they're making love. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Say my name. Say my name. Oh, my God. Bile. Russell Peters. Now we got uh, D.L. Hewley uh, with some very uh, observant commentary. It's funny how different life is for us like than for our children. Like we had parents that did not give a fuck. Like, like now parents try to baby proof a home, like put foam over the corner so the baby don't fucking tear his eye out. <laughs> a gate over the stairs so he don't fall down. We had to fall down them fucking stairs. <laughs> All you heard was, you know now, don't you, motherfucker? A hard head make a soft ass, don't it? Everybody in here got a scar from doing some shit they weren't supposed to be doing. And you never got no sympathy. Mama, I'm bleeding. Blood lets you know where you fuck up, huh? You know? Kids got to ride a bike with a helmet on. We never rode a bike with a fucking helmet. You fell and hit your head, just hit your goddamn head. You stagger home with a lump. Your mother like, you done hit your goddamn head. Lay down and take a nap. <laughs> Mama, I got double vision. I'm the one in the middle, motherfucker. Lay down. Remember when your mother used to smoke in the house? She didn't give a shit about secondhand smoke, huh? She didn't go outside or nothing. Stop all that goddamn cough. <laughs> Ain't nobody in my family ever had no asthma. You just sickly. <laughs> and who the fuck is emphysema? That's a little girl you be sticking on my house? Kids got baby food. We ain't had no fucking baby food. Just the shit your mama chewed up and gave you. Remember them? <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> I don't want this pork chop after you sucked all the juice out of it. <laughs> this pork chop tastes like Benson and Hedges. Now when a child is teething, they get Ambisol or Tylenol. We was teething, your mother actually rubbed whiskey on your gums. 
Can you feel your teeth? I can't even feel my face. <laughs> and they use whiskey for everything. You got a cold, you got a hot toddy. Remember that? This much liquor, this much tea. <laughs> you drift right off. Oh my God. <laughs> you sleep so long, by the time you wake up, you ain't had no cold no more. I feel better, but it's Christmas again. <laughs> I think she does this shit on purpose. <laughs> now, when a child is peeing in the bed, the parents are understanding, well, he must have an emotional problem, or maybe he's having a hard time adjusting to his new circumstances. Our parents would embarrass the fuck out of us, huh? They get, they get on the phone. Let me tell you what the little nasty bass to keep doing. <laughs> hey, piss pot, come tell your daddy what you did. <laughs> you be outside playing piss pot. Come on in now. <laughs> and we all peed in the bed, because we had the pee dream. You know the dream. <laughs> you thought you was at the toilet, but you wasn't. You be just getting into it. God damn. I knew this toilet wasn't real. <laughs> now my match is gonna smell like asparagus. Some of us had the pee dream when we was adults too, huh? Don't act like it's just me. I got a weak bladder. You just got drunk and pissed on yourself. I peed on myself, blaming it on my wife. Look at you peed on me. Been there, done that. And uh, maybe not because I got so drunk, but because uh, I'm into that kind of thing. Uh, that's, uh, for another, that's for another time. I think we talked about that in other episodes prior. Uh, so here is another clip. Man, we're just clip happy around here. Uh, this is from a female comedian named uh, Kathleen Madigan. It's about leprechauns. I still have relatives in Ireland, and what's really weird is they put a comedy festival in the same town where they live, and last year, me and my younger brother went with me. The first night, I didn't have a show, so we went out drinking. Now, we were not drunk, but we had had a lot of Guinness, but for whatever reason, that night, we kept seeing a lot of dwarves. <laughs> and I just said to my aunt, who lives in that town, the following day, I go, hey, is there an inordinate amount of dwarves in this town? <laughs> she goes, well, Kathleen, I suppose that would depend on your definition of inordinate. <laughs> 16, 19, maybe we saw twins, I don't know. And she's like, well, there's the Murphys at the Crossing, the Fitzgeralds down on King's Road, and started naming whole families of them. I'm like, well, this is how this whole leprechaun nonsense got started. <laughs> People just got hammered and over-exaggerated what they thought they saw. They were like, I saw him last night at that bar, and he was magical, and he disappeared into tin air. No, that was Dave, and he's a dwarf, and he went home. That's all. <laughs> Jumped off his tiny stool, paid his tab. No bucket of gold, didn't even do a card trick. Nothing. <laughs> the Irish do like to drink, and we're good at it, though. We're almost like Olympic drinkers. We're that good at drinking. That's why I think DUIs based on your height and weight is ridiculous, because I am a small person, but I can drink a lot. I think DUIs should be based on your nationality. <laughs> And if I get pulled over, I should be able to be honest with the cop. And if he says, you've been drinking, I should be able to go, yes, 
I've had three beers. And then he looks at my license and goes, oh, your last name's Madigan. Wow, you could have had eight. And then I go home. If it were only that easy, right, Kathleen? All right, we got another one from uh, Kathleen Madigan here uh, about, uh, about Oprah. I blame a lot of the economy falling apart on Oprah because she ordered American women to go out and buy things they could not afford. That's what I quit watching the show. The dichotomy in her shows was so ridiculous. On Tuesday, she'd come out and go, ladies, it's all about Jimmy Choo's shoes. You gotta have them, you need them. Your feet are gonna fall off. You're gonna have bunions the size of Montana if you don't get some Jimmy Choo's shoes. Now, if you've never heard of them, they're about $500 or more a pair, highly impractical. Then the following day, the entire show would be about credit card debt. <laughs> and there's all these 40-somethings crying on the stage and she's just berating them. Ladies, how did it get this out of hand? They're like, you fucking told us. <laughs> tape chubby chubstein I, I would believe it was you who brought mr chew into the conversation if i watch oprah now i only like to watch it when it's a hard serious depressing topic because she has had so many giveaway shows in the past when it's a hard serious depressing topic when they pan the audience you can see the look of sheer disappointment on those women's faces <laughs> oprah comes out today's topic is abused women in india pan the crowd where are my free hug boots, bitch? I stood outside for five hours. There's some 900-year-old lady from Wisconsin. Does this mean we're not getting a free Pontiac? <laughs> I kind of went over the edge, too, with Oprah because of the magazine. Because she puts herself on the cover every single month. I'm like, could you be more narcissistic? How do you bring that up at the staff meeting without totally sounding like Hitler? <laughs> yeah, as far as the cover was going, the ideas that I keep coming up with, they are of me. Every single month we will have a photograph of me. Sometimes I will be holding a basket of puppies for no reason. <laughs> Sometimes I will be painting a picture of me. think you could get more narcissistic than that. Oh, yes, you can. A few months ago, Oprah had two pictures of herself on the front. Wow, because she's fat again. So she had a picture of her now, the super chubby Oprah, and then a picture of the less chubby Oprah from before. And then within the article, she just says, you know, she thinks it's inexcusable. Finally, something we agree upon, Oprah. Yes, it is inexcusable because you are a billionaire. I understand why poor people are fat, because they're poor and Taco Bell is goddamn delicious. <laughs> Taco Bell will throw things into your car for 59 cents you've never tasted anything like before in your life. You're like, the Gorlata what? Oh my God, drive around again before they cancel this. That's just awesome. Get a hundred. I don't want to brag, but I have eight dollars. Get a hundred. Really believe Taco Bell should be awarded restaurant of the century. They have five ingredients, and every month they trick me back in there with something new and crazy. <laughs> Kathleen, have you had the black taco? <laughs> no. I'm coming. 
Okay, so I get why poor people are fat. But Oprah, you're a billionaire. You have enough money to pay a man to stand there and literally slap shit out of your hand before you put it in your mouth. You... You could hire a full-time food slapper. You're so rich, you could pay someone to exercise you. You could just lay there like a baby with cerebral palsy and have people move your legs and hey, oh, hey. And then Oprah sold out. I never thought I'd see what would happen because her ratings were not that great and she booked Sarah Palin as a guest. Really? Oh, I think we all know Oprah's politics. To book Sarah Palin, wow. And I can't listen to Sarah Palin because I can't listen to any full-grown adult that fake cusses. Either cuss or do not. But that weird middle ground, I just find extremely creepy. Well, golly gee, donut holes, whiz-bang cheese crackers, America. <laughs> And she always says, gee, America, I just can't believe I'm here. I'm sitting at home going, fucking neither can I, ma'am. I really can't believe you're here either. Christ, I'm 40, I have glasses. Was there some sort of contest that I didn't know I could enter to be John McCain's running mate? <laughs> and she would continuously brag, well, I, I'm the governor of Alaska. Ma'am, I've been there 10 times, not a big deal. You know why? There's no people there, ma'am. There are more reindeer than people in the state of Alaska. You can Google that. I would have been more impressed had she said she was the game warden. <laughs> wow, that is intense. There's like grizzly bears up there and those moose get into town and kick old people and you're not allowed to shoot them. You gotta trick them out with apples. There is a lot going on. And she loves the Tea Party people. I don't understand the Tea Party women that are walking around signs going, we want what the Founding Fathers wanted. Well, ladies, they didn't let us vote. So you might want to reread the brochure of the team you just signed up with. Wow. I'll give it to the Tea Party people though, they're active. They are out marching and doing, and I think, God, I cannot think of one thing. I don't, I've never been in a protest. I don't really even get them. I don't, I might be in one if it like started in my apartment. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, fuck, Mike's right. I'm on Mike's side, I'm done. And then I thought, what would I get up for? I couldn't, I'm like, maybe if they said we're gonna ban alcohol again, I'd be like, all right, fuck, I gotta go. Where's the meeting? I gotta get up. I gotta go somewhere. All right, I think I'm going to uh, just step aside for the remainder of the podcast and just let the, My dad the uh, comedian, shut up, Kathleen Madigan, and just let the, the, the final comics just uh, play us out, as they say in the industry. Um, I, I, you know, I don't really have anything else to say. So uh, let's just enjoy the rest of these comics. And um, I, I will talk to you next week uh, with next week's episode of the Rad Broadcast. And hopefully I'll have my car back, right? Huh? Uh, that's funny. God. I'd like to talk seriously just for a moment. <laughs> One of the great art exhibits ever to tour the United States is the Treasures of Tutankhamun, or King Tut. But I think it's a national disgrace the way we have commercialized it with trinkets and toys, t-shirts and posters. And about three months ago, I was up in the woods and I wrote a song. I tried to use the ancient modalities and melodies. I would like to do it for you right now 
Maybe we can all learn something from this. sip of Perrier here. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. <laughs> Not a good thing. Hi, right, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. <laughs> beautiful, baby. Beautiful, yeah. Because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> it's a scary thing because you realize the first purpose of alcohol is to make English your second goddamn language. <laughs> Eventually, you may be quite fluent. You may be a Nobel Prize physicist. After my, maybe nine, ten Heinekens, you're going, <laughs> You're speaking fluent drunkenese, bravo. <laughs> Next thing you know, you get a couple more beers, you've got a friend in a headlock going, I love you, little fucker, I love you. <laughs> That's the kind of love I have for you, baby, goddammit. Ah, on you work your way beyond beer. You go beyond beer, you start into wine. For the very elegant people, people, a lot of people who are very elegant are in Montauk going, damn it, I wish I could have been there, but no, I'm not. 
Some people who have, you know, I don't know whether they have the red one with the fish or the chicken. What's the matter, asshole? They're dead. The chicken's not going to reach up from the plate and go, the red wine. <laughs> it's over with. No, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about Pui Fusse or Pussy Fussy. Uh-uh. I'm talking about Mad Dog 2020. Mm. You know, the very elegant wine, the type of wine with a lovely screw top, a bottle of which after you can actually see vapor trails as people pass you. <laughs> How you doing? I've <laughs> gone too far, and you must pay your dues. This is why I had to give up alcohol, because you have to pay the next day. Pay, dear Lord, please don't hurt me now. <laughs> Here you are lying in bed, and you feel like the scene from the movie The Fly going, Help me! The entire room is spinning like a roulette wheel. Place your bets. Place your bets. <laughs> and there's the old toilet in the corner going, talk to me. <laughs> and you try and walk slowly, but you feel like the elephant man in a car wash. <laughs> there's things in front of you like the stuff that scares the water off cars. You can't do it. Even your dog's looking at you like, you wouldn't believe the shit you said to me last night. <laughs> I had to back out of the room. I was that scared. You promised me an evening with Lassie, you lying bastard. Yes, you've got an alcoholic problem. You do. And the worst part is there are times when you drink so much, you don't remember what you've done the night before. And you get those little phone calls where people let you know. What? Yeah? Really? I took a dump in your tuba. He said, sit in with the band. I'm sorry. Oh, God, it's over. Oh, don't you see? It's all over. God damn it. And then the next thing you know, there you are at Betty Ford Hospital going, I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> I am fine. No, you have that double vodka. I'll be over in the corner kicking the cat. <laughs> I realized when I became a reformed alcoholic, I said, hey, I'm the same asshole, I just have fewer dents in my car. <laughs> and then there are your friends who smoke marijuana going, John, man, alcohol's a crutch. <laughs> really? Really, Captain Herbal Life? <laughs> really? God, you just macrameed your ass into the couch and you're giving me shit? <laughs> Remember when you get so stoned you can actually see a fly in space going, When you get stoned, your discretion goes out the window. You could be eating kitty litter going, mm, this is crunchy, man. <laughs> and the horrible thing is people who get stoned try and get their animals stoned to make them feel better. <laughs> it's not bad enough that you proved that Darwin was wrong. You're going to take the whole family with you. There's your dog going, please don't do this to me. I've just learned to lick my own genitals. Leave me alone. Don't do this to me. And your dog, you go and go, hey, Farfel. <laughs> dog food. Whoa, my tail, my tail. <laughs> don't do it. Don't push him back down the food chain. Don't do that. And don't mess with your cat because he's looking at you like, give it your best shot, man. <laughs> I've been doing catnip since the day I was goddamn born. <laughs> Come on, you blow it in his face. He's like, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's Ram Kitty. <laughs> He looks at you like, the first thing I'm going to do, man, is climb you like a goddamn curtain. <laughs> then the double dismount. 
Then 15 times around the house real quick. <laughs> Scare the shit out of the kid. <laughs> then outside by the window making this noise. <laughs> like a baby in a blender. <laughs> and you're inside stone going, oh God, help me now. And the next thing is you start to get hungry. You think you can leave the house, you liar. You think, I'm gonna be fine, man. I've gotta got leave the house, I'm gonna be okay. If you could just find your goddamn feet, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> then you think you can drive. You think, yeah, I'll be okay. I'll drive, I'll drive, I'll be okay. And you have one of those new Japanese cars where you open the door and it goes, your door is open. <laughs> and if you're stoned, you're going, I knew that. <laughs> so you get in the car, you think, yes, I'm now, I've got it. I'm, uh, the keys, okay, fine, the keys, fine. <laughs> Okay, reverse. Fine. Okay. <laughs> then you're going down the freeway. You think you're traveling at light speed. You think Scotty's sitting next to you going, Jim, you can't push it any faster. <laughs> it's just a Chevrolet, Jim. Don't drive it over the edge. <laughs> Your hair's blowing in the wind, and the window isn't even open. <laughs> you're that stone. You turn on the radio. You understand everything. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly on the radio, man stoned on freeway. How do they know? How do they know? God damn it. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Suddenly in the rearview mirror, red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. How patriotic. Yeah. Shit, the police. Eat everything in the ashtray. Eat everything in the ashtray. <laughs> Oh, God, I'll oh, pull it over, pull it over. All of a sudden, you start rehearsing. What seems to be the problem, officer? What seems to be the problem, officer? What seems to be the problem? I'm fine. I'm fine. What seems to be the problem? Nice day, officer. What seems to be the problem? Usually, you're stopped by a motorcycle cop. He gets off his bike like... God, am I incredibly well endowed. I'll get your door. There you go. From inside your car comes this Colombian sauna like... Suddenly, he's going, I'm hungry, I don't know why. <laughs> You're looking at him. You've rehearsed your line. What seems to be the problem? What seems to be the problem? You look at him and go, <laughs> 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 And as you look at him, his face turns into a cheeseburger. You lunge! <laughs> Next thing you know, you end up in a cell. Go, please don't hurt me. <laughs> But the truth is, you wake up and you're still on the couch at home. <laughs> You've never left. You're still there. Somebody broke wind in here. I've been trying to, like, not say nothing, but somebody fought it in this motherfucker. That's some long-distance fight, too, boy. Don't do that. I know you get out with your friends, you have a good time, especially fellas, you know, to play that game, play the fight game, you know. You know, you fight around your fellas and it's funny. Dudes be doing that. They be getting in elevators and fighting and laughing and shit. It's nasty. You play the fight game. I think deep down inside, people want to smell other people's fights. Because you smell them. And people always tell you they fight it. They say, I fight it. You don't leave. You pause a second. Yeah, you did. Because yeah. in the back of your mind, you want to grade the fight. But if it smelled bad enough, two years later, you'd be going, remember that fight you made? The fight game you play. Start off around the house when you're little. Your father introduced you to it. You'd be sitting in the house one day, it was Saturday morning, watching cartoons, your father make a fight and go, that wasn't me, that was your mother. That was your mother, that was, ooh, baby, baby, I want a divorce, baby. Ooh, you rotten, baby, shit. <laughs> your mother goes, stop. And you join in and you should you grab your little brother, sit on his head and fight. Never do that. <laughs> That's a fun game. Your little brother freak out and go, hey, that's funny. 
Your father goes, to fight game. You'll play one day, son. To fight game. You get your best friend in on that shit, too. You can walk up to your best friend while he's watching the football game and fighting his face. He won't even get mad. He just go, okay, you got me, all right. Okay, all right. That was a good one, too. My mouth was open. My mouth was open. I got a scar over my eye to this day from playing the fight game in the bathtub when I was little. Me and my big brother used to play it. When we was poor, we didn't have no Mr. Bubble. We played the fight game. You'd be in that tub, there. G.I. Joe over it, guys. We're going din 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 And G.I. Joe is swimming on the water. Dun 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 And G.I. Joe want to find out where the bubbles are coming from. Dinner on the bottom of the ocean. So he started to venture into the cave from whence they came. And G.I. Joe got stuck, and G.I. Joe got stuck in the water. And my big brother was sitting in the other end of the tub and shit, and made it, made it shit in the tub. He wanted to add some excitement to the game and shit, because he took, I was going, G.I. Joe, then he said, and then a big brown shark came. I jumped up and said, ah! Cut my eye in a soap dish and blood was gushing out of my face and shit. The screaming mother ran in the bathroom. See my big brother sitting in the bathroom with a piece of shit in his hand in the tub. <laughs> I was laying on the bottom of the water with blood gushing out of my eye. And G.I. Joe up my ass. I was at a party and this guy was hitting on me. But he's hitting on me with the most uh, boring questions. One of them was, um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And I was like, anywhere? And he was like, anywhere. And I was like, um, to the other side of the room. Now, please, get out of the way of a woman in her dream. Uh, I, um, at that same party, I was, um, I met this doctor that was telling me about that whole phenomenon of um, people putting things in parts of their body for pleasure and ending up getting them stuck. <laughs> things like light bulbs, And I've heard about this, but it wasn't until this particular conversation that it dawned on me how long you gotta be trying to get that out of your ass before you go for help. It's gotta be hours 
if not days. Like, I don't imagine you're just like, Oh man, light bulb won't come out of my ass. Shoot. Maybe I'll give the neighbors a call, see if they'll swing by. Like I imagine you want to involve as few people as possible. You probably don't just pick up the phone real quick and go, Chris, man, it's Jim. Listen. Had a light bulb crammed up my ass. Yes, again. I was wondering if you could run me by the ER. Yeah, whenever's good for you. In fact, I'm gonna go outside now and wait for you on my hands and knees. You can't drive yourself. Not comfortably. <laughs> and it's like, you get to the ER, probably scrambling for stories. You can't just go in and tell the truth, even though they know that you know, that they know. Everybody knows what's going on. You can't just tell the truth. Probably like, oh God, let's see. I was sitting on this light bulb. <laughs> no. You know what? The kids leave things out all the time. I'm surprised this didn't happen any sooner. Okay, seriously? My ass is afraid of the dark. By the way, I've been on the road, and all I do is sit in my hotel room, watch TLC. Anyone else? You know when network's good when two shows just got canceled this week because of Christian child molesters. Okay, toddlers and tiaras, 19 kids and counting, cake boss, fabulous cakes, DC cupcakes, hoarders buried a lot. TLC should stand for toddlers, lunatics, and cake. in this country that's supposed to be dedicated to learning. And it has shows almost exclusively about little people in cake. <laughs> There's this show, My Strange Addiction. Okay, this, you see this one where this girl's like, I can't stop eating toilet paper. <laughs> and then this other girl's like, I can't stop eating dryer sheets. A good place to sneak in dryer sheets is the movie theater. I'm like, it's not illegal to eat dryer sheets, ma'am. You can just walk on in with those. The best one I saw, though, there was this girl. Okay, her name was Charmisa. And you know her parents meant to call her Charisma. But they spelled it wrong. So now she's going by Charmisa. This girl, probably because her name's a birth certificate typo, she is now addicted to eating her couch. So her roommates leave, 
leave, she gets on the floor, unzips the cushion, and just starts eating the foam. And TLC must think we're so stupid. They're like, these are dangerous addictions that should not be attempted at home. She's eating her couch. Charmisa has been addicted to cushion for over three years. Over the course of her addiction, she's eaten 29 chairs, a bunk bed, and a settee. I would rather be under a bridge injecting heroin into my face than be addicted to cushion. Please, man, I'll suck your dick for a futon. Oh, yeah. This is what we're addicted to? And then right after that is this show called Freaky Eaters. This girl's like, I'm addicted to cheesy potatoes. Uh, everyone's addicted to cheesy potatoes. They're good. I could have told you were addicted to cheesy potatoes 240 pounds ago. This woman has eaten nothing but cheesy potatoes for two decades. Somehow she has a husband. And so her intervention is he's frying her up some broccoli. So he's trying to get her to eat broccoli. And then he tries to feed it to her and she's just like, oh, 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 and she collapses on the floor. And then they always bring in like these fake like therapists, a food trauma therapist, Sunrise Stevens. It's like always a fake name. So she goes and like, picks this girl up off the floor. She's like, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And she takes her outside to their like cul-de-sac and all of a sudden, this dump truck starts coming towards them full of potatoes and they dump them on her head. And then the woman's like, what do you want to say to the potatoes? And she's like, put some cheese on all these dudes, no one wants to grow up. There's like these hipsters, so many hipsters in LA. You know these guys, they'll be like 40 years old, wearing a flamingo onesie, and like carrying around an old fashioned typewriter. They got a monocle, just like looking for pussy. Like, they're like calculated bros. Sorry if I'm calling you out, guys, but it's like, they've all figured out girls don't want to fuck Polly D. They want to fuck someone who looks like David Koresh. So they've all like growing these like long beards. Like they think they're Ernest Hemingway. If Ernest Hemingway were alive, he would beat the shit out of every hipster. There would just, there would just be trails of bloody hipsters outside every artisanal coffee shop and beard waxing facility. You know these people I'm talking about, like people who have to wear their coolness? Like, not me, I have style, that's different. But like, you see these guys, they'll have like, like Mork and Mindy suspenders and like a tattoo of a parallelogram. And they like can't light a pilot light. They can barely wave, they're like, hey. I'm Beowulf. Okay, nobody's named that. I'm Nathaniel. Okay, uh, I'm sure your parents named you Nathan. In college, you were probably called Nate Dog. Nathaniel, that's like the name of a ghost. Not an emaciated barista with a Mr. Pringles mustache and a gluten sensitivity. Why do only hipsters get gluten allergies? Are they activated by American apparel purchases? I was talking to my friend, he was like 38, barely ready for pet ownership. We're having coffee, he doesn't have a job. And he was like, 
I think I'm gonna get into pickling. You should get into employment. These are the guys you're supposed to procreate with. This is the guy I'm gonna trust to be the sperm donor to the Asian surrogate that's gonna carry my child. That is a big decision in a gal's life. So I am getting married, thank you. I never wanted... I never really wanted to get married. I definitely didn't want to get married. I, like, I don't want to have a wedding. I don't want to do vows. I just want to do concerns. <laughs> I have a few concerns. Um, first one, how attached are you to this Burning Man tradition? <laughs> Do you guys know what Burning Man is? It's like, it's a great place to go breastfeed your pet ferret. Um, and he really wants me to go. I mean, if I wanted to be a part of a dysfunctional community of white people in the desert, I'd move to Arizona. There's no showers. I need two baths a day. I know there's a drought happening. Maybe my two baths will mean people in Barstow don't get bagels, but you know what? Something I have learned to deal with. My friends will like, my friends will go to Burning Man. They're like, I go there to meet dudes. Okay, if I wanted to have sex with some creepy dude in goggles, I'd stay home and fuck a welder. <laughs> At least then I wouldn't have to listen to didgeridoo solos in between orgasms. <laughs> like these, I'm sorry if anyone here is really into Burning Man, but just like, I've never been. I've never been, and I hate it, but like... Because you see these people talking, like I heard this guy bragging, he was like, he goes to Burning Man every year, he's like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a birth... Oh, because they're all, this is what I have to say, they're all obsessed with being off the grid. You know, like they don't want to be a part of, like, society. So I heard this guy bragging, he's like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a birth certificate, or a social security number. I'm like, oh, really? Well, I wonder who in 50 years is going to be doing yard work for middle-class Latino families. <laughs> the way I shop is different now because of technology. Like, I used to go to stores and, like, compare prices and try things on and maybe go back and get something. Now here's what I do. I sit in my house, I'll smoke a little pot, I'll dream something up, like, I need a gold stapler. <laughs> throws it over the fence. I'm like, I was just kidding. You can get as specific as you want. Like, I want a cornflower blue kimono. And then it just comes, that is not a good way to shop. What's gonna happen to us? I recently dislocated my shoulder. Don't worry, I won't talk about it long. Nobody cares about your pain, I know. Whenever I want someone to stop talking to me, I'm like, ugh, I start talking about my rotator cuff. But here's what I don't understand. I'll go online to try to like get some solace. So I'll like be online, like what are some of the best exercises? Who are on these Yahoo answer boards? They're just giving paragraphs of information. Like you'll see these people like, well, I've never dislocated my shoulder personally, but about three years ago, a friend of mine at the office dislocated his shoulder. It's like, how do you have time to be on this website? You got a password? You filled in a CAPTCHA? Like, I work 30 days a year and I can barely handle life. There's just like 
so much pressure to keep up with all of this and none of it matters. And I just have to keep looking at the same celebrities. Madonna's been spreading open her legs since I was in seventh grade. <laughs> J-Lo in her butt. Like, it's just like, do you know how many times a day I have to look at J-Lo's ass? It just comes into my feed. I don't care about J-Lo's ass. J-Lo looks like a lion who works at Sephora. Like, what? No, she's a really powerful woman, that, uh, that, that uh, Ariana. She's a, she's a very, very powerful woman, you know? You, and very smart, you know? You gotta be to be able to ruin Starbucks for a person. You know? I walked into Starbucks the other day, I was like, hey, man, can I have a medium coffee? And the guy was like... <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Why are they getting rid of them in the city? I can't find one. People, a lot of people ask me all the time, uh, you know, like, what, what was that? What was it? It's like any other breakup, you know? It's just everybody sees it. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's uh, like, I, I didn't know what I was getting, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but not really. I didn't know about the picture thing. If I knew about that, I would have seen a dermatologist before I started dating. <laughs> I would have, like, taken proper precaution. But... I didn't really, you know, it's like any other breakup. You have your boys over, they all lie to you, you know? They're like, dude, no problem, bro. Nobody even knows who she is. Uh, oh, it's all good, bro. It's all good, better off, no problem, you know? And then that song came out, and my friends were like, bro, I love you, I love you, right? Shit is catchy. Shit is very catchy. You're gonna have a rough eight months. I'm sorry, bro, sorry. I actually happen to like the song, I'm sorry. I like you. My grandpa said, he goes, it's a slap. <laughs> Peter, Peter, it's a slap. Uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, it's a good song, and I don't, I don't even listen to that shit. And I was like, I get it! <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this is the only thing I didn't like that I got out of it, which is a common misconception. Uh, I don't like that she talked all the shit on like behalf of my dick. I thought that was like super weird. She was like, yeah, it didn't work out, but, like, nice dick. I thought that was really weird, because, like, everybody was like, oh, that, that's what a nice, what a nice uh, girl. <laughs> First of all, just take a step back. Can you imagine if I said that shit? Can you imagine if I was like, sorry, it didn't work out. Nice pussy, no! That shit wet! Woo! Good pussy, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the only thing. It just it, I didn't like it because uh, it's just simply not true. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just not. She has little tiny little hands. She has just very little hands. Everything's fucking huge to her. Yeah, it was a fucking joke the entire time we were down. I was like, you know, huge to you, but small to everyone else. This rocks. You know. So you ask yourself, you're like, why? Then why, if she knows this information, then why would she tell everybody what a great big penis you have, right? Why would she do that, you know? Because to the outside, you're like, wow, what a nice lady. Didn't work out, gave him a, gave him a nice word, you know? <laughs> Told everybody he has a nice penis, right? That's not why. She did that so that, well, she's a genius, remember this. She's a very smart person, okay? She did that so that every girl that sees my dick for the rest of my life is disappointed. <laughs> it's genius. It's a life.
lifetime L. Hold that. I didn't even get to enjoy my big dick summer, or whatever the fuck it was called. Please stop doing that. I have a family that reads. Stop. <laughs> my poor mother. What's up, Boston? How you guys doing? Wow. This is crazy. I love Boston. This is the second time I've been to Boston in like the past month, and I love it, because the first time I went, I went to a place I'd never been before. It's called Southie. Yeah. It's a white ghetto. <laughs> I've never seen a white ghetto in my life. It was amazing. I saw a white lady steal a bike. <laughs> she was wearing a helmet. It was amazing. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen, man. This is, a, this is cool because this is like a dream come true for me to do comedy, you know, for so many people, you know? I've been listening to Juicy a lot to get inspired. <laughs> you listen to Biggie's Juicy? It's like the greatest song of inspiration ever, you know? I, it's weird though, it's not the same song as when I heard it when I was like 12. Cause there's a line in there when he goes, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. That's like $300 worth of merchandise. It's not a lot of money, man. I've been dead broke my whole life and I've had a second Genesis. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but I could picture it. It wasn't like... But it's fun, though. It's good because it's, you know, like if I wasn't doing comedy, I don't know what I'd be doing, you know? I don't know what I'd be doing. It wouldn't be good. I try, like I would try to get a regular job. It's embarrassing, I have to like lie on my resume. You know how humiliating that is? You ever lie so bad on your resume that you can't believe you didn't get the job? <laughs> you wanna go back to Foot Locker, like really Foot Locker? <laughs> Who the f you hire that has eight years mayoral experience? <laughs> and a degree in physics, who is this amazing Shoe salesman. <laughs> I don't have a degree. I didn't even go to college. And I'm glad I didn't because I do this, so I don't have to go to college for this. And all of my friends that went to college are in crazy debt, like real debt. I got a friend that's $80,000 in debt with an English degree. I learned English for free. <laughs> this is the first thing I learned. It was the first thing I learned. And I talk to this dude every day. I understand everything he's saying. <laughs> he doesn't know a special kind of English. He doesn't talk like the Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's just regular English. And you know what he does for a living? He teaches English. Because that's the only thing you can do with an English degree. It's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I do like uh, doing comedy though because I gotta pay taxes, that's the worst part. That's the worst, you ever paid taxes? I've never paid taxes before. It's an awful feeling. <laughs> I've had taxes taken, but I've never paid taxes, and that's two totally different things. When you have taxes taken, you get a job every week and they just take the taxes out of your check. They just take it, you don't get a choice. They just take it and they keep taking it to the end of the year where they're like, hey, I think we might've took too much. <laughs> Here's $500 back, go buy yourself some sneakers or something. 
And you're like, thanks, government. We're going to Red Lobster tonight. This is amazing. <laughs> I love tax time. When you pay taxes, it's totally different. When you pay taxes, they let you keep all of your money all year. And at the end, they say, you owe us 40%, which is a lot for me because I don't know what I'm paying for. I've never dialed 911. I put out all my own fires. <laughs> And I'm not saying I shouldn't have to pay any taxes, but I shouldn't have to pay as much as somebody that votes, or actually. <laughs> I don't vote because I don't know anything about politics, and honestly, I can't believe they would let me. Isn't that like an important job? <laughs> don't just let me pick the president, really? I don't gotta take a test. I don't need a license. You need a license to shampoo dogs in this country. <laughs> but to let me pick the president that seems safe to you? <laughs> I don't know anything about politics. I've tried. I watch the news. Either I'm too stupid to understand the news or I feel like they're always lying to us, right? I was watching recently, this lady from the government gets on talking about the economy. She's like, we in a recession. We owe China $11 trillion. And I'm like, we? I don't owe China shit. You owe China $11 trillion. We owe Sprint $90. You must have been roaming. <laughs> you treat kids weird, man. Let kids be kids. And they were talking about kids are out of control for sexting each other. They're not out of control for sexting. They just have the technology to be as gross as we've always wished we were. <laughs> when we were there, what'd you think he was gonna take pictures of with eight megapixels of camera? Sunsets? <laughs> no. He's 12, he's gonna take pictures of his dick. It's the most interesting thing he owns. <laughs> It's not his fault. I'm sure there was people trying to sex in the 70s and 80s in their bathrooms with Polaroids and stamps. <laughs> Wait till Cheryl sees this shit in two to three business days. Oh, I love it. <laughs> People in the 20s trying to sex each other. Those cameras, like the box cameras with the... <laughs> with the black claw. <laughs> they pose for every picture like they was on money. All right, now watch the birdie. <laughs> it's the world's oldest sexting joke. The Rad 